Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. Hope Punk Podcast, episode 5. It's May 13th, 2020. A Wednesday, thankfully. Why wouldn't it be a Wednesday? Well, it could be a Friday. It would be Friday the 13th and we'd be all kinds of trouble. You're ridiculous. I know. So, uh, this is a friendly PSA to mostly myself, but anyone else who's curious. The Australian flag has part of the British flag, which is called the, what, Stephen? The Union Jack. In the corner. But they are different flags. Yep, different countries. Used to be colonies, but, you know, there's history there. So when I did the promo for this week's podcast episode and used two Australian flags as the hint, I thought they were British flags. You can tell me, look at the uh, story and see what... I put on there. I was like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> and Steven so kindly pointed out to me that uh, those were the incorrect flags and then had no idea what I was even referencing. Well, at the time I didn't know they were incorrect, I thought maybe we were going to Australia or something. Or, I yeah, wish. Someday. For us. So this week, Steven, do you want to explain why we are going to talk about two briefly <laughs> British flags? So I made a fool of myself, apparently. <laughs> so Stephen wrote into a podcast that he listens to. Do you want to explain? The podcast is called 1857, and it's uh, two guys talking. So it's pretty boring. And but... Stephen's a huge fan. Yeah. Like a huge fan. But they are both British men, and they are, um, well, not in Britain anymore, but they are British. So I thought I was going to be real slick using two British flags to promote Stephen's little blip of fame on the radar where he wrote into this podcast. What'd you write it about? Well, last week they were talking about uh, the song Happy Birthday. Which is from Louisville. From Louisville, yes. And they pronounced it incorrectly. How'd they pronounce it? Either Louisville or Louisville. So Stephen so kindly wrote into the podcast and they read his email in its entirety Three whole lines. Three whole lines in a brilliant Colonel Sanders voice. It was wonderful. It was. If you want to look at it, 1857 uh, lockdown episode called, uh, what's it called? A much. Yes. It's about 44 minutes in. He's super proud. It's great. Yeah. And I didn't realize until recently just how much of a fool I am. He's an adorable fool, though, so it's okay. Okay. Well, so how did I've... you make a fool of yourself this week? How? Yeah, no, I'm asking. Well, I don't make practice of making a fool of myself, <laughs> so you're alone in that boat, sir. Okay. Speaking of boats, Stephen is still furloughed for anyone still keeping furloughed. track. But we're going it's going well. I'm not even keeping track, I don't know. It's been like It's been a while. It's been a good while. Yeah. A colloquial Louisville term. It's a been over a while. Yes. <laughs> um, so this week was Mother's Day. It was my first Mother's Day with our baby Earthside. Yeah, on the outside. And Stephen and her made me a lovely card, and I adore it. It's sitting on my desk, both parts. Thank you. It's very cute. Also this week, we got back some prints, well, some digital scans from negatives from three disposable cameras that we found, hence the title of this episode. <laughs> So, you found the um, cameras. We were going through some old boxes of stuff, trying to get spring clean. The way we talk about organization and like 
reorganization and home DIYs, people must think that we're pack rats, but we're really not. We just have several boxes that have moved with us from place to place, and we just have never gone through them, and we've done that this week. But anyway, I found three disposable cameras, and I had no idea what was on them. So two were completely full. One was half full. So I finished out the roll, sent them into this place called MPix that I found online, got them developed, and we got the scans earlier this evening. So it started out, I mean, it's very exciting to see undeveloped film. It's like, what's on here? And it could be anything, because like I said, we've had these boxes that have moved with us for years, like 10 years. So much anticipation and excitement. And um, and then we got back the prints. Yes. We got access to the prints. So what did we see? So we'll start with the good, and we'll go to the bleh. One roll, the half roll, was, um, it was a mix of a place that we used to live with some pictures of my beloved dog, Bear, which I ordered prints of every single one of those because I did not know those photos existed, and I'm very excited. And the other half were from WEG, which is the World Equestrian Games, which I volunteered at in 2010. And those pictures were unimpressive, but did, did not know they existed. So that was kind of cool. Hmm. And then the other two the cameras, other two cameras <laughs> were from our um, trip to New York. Our ill-fated took. trip to New York, which sounds way more ominous than it was. It wasn't ill-fated. It's more as unremarkable. Um, 2012, you give the details. <laughs> well, essentially... Many moons ago, I worked in Lexington at a place with a girl who was from New York, and she would talk about how a couple times a year she would go home, and occasionally people would go with her. And she was like, hey, if you ever want to go to New York and have a free place to stay, you should come home with me. So I talked to Steven. We both agreed that it was a great idea. We really wanted to go to New York. And so the next time she went home, we went with her. So... We went to her home, which was outside New York. Which her parents' home. Chester. Yeah, her parents' home. Her old home. Um, outside Westchester. Which is how far out of New York City? Like an hour? Yeah, maybe an hour. I don't know. Something like that. Outside yeah. New York City proper. And we were there for a week. And of that week, we spent part of one day <laughs> in New York City. Well, we did spend one day in uh, the Bronx Zoo. Okay. It's kind of in New York City, but yeah. that didn't make it on the camera. That would have been cool. That would have been really cool. Yeah. So of the most, most we'll call it a day, the one day we spent in New York City, we did almost nothing touristy, which at the time was fine. She was kind of over it because she's from New York, and she was like, we're not going to do the touristy stuff. So the few things that we did, we went to the Lego store, and we went to the giant toy store, and we kind of walked by 30 Rock because I really wanted to get a picture there. We did go into the uh, Museum of Natural History, which, as a Teddy Roosevelt fan, super fan, but we didn't take any photos of that. So we didn't take any photos of the cool stuff. No, we really didn't. And all the photos that we have of one whole camera roll was from the city with really generic city shots. I did. did I did get one good. Um, could have been a Getty stock image of New York City with the yellow taxi cab and the people on the side. It was fully worth the 99 cents you would pay for to or whatever to use it from Getty. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> the rest were not very good. Just like bad architecture shots and bad crowd shots. Like I say, like the lighting was fine and the camera, like the photos themselves weren't bad. They were just unremarkable. And um, 
Yeah, I like to think I'm a better photographer than that. You are. You are. And then the other disposable camera roll was from one of the two whole days we spent at a town called Sugarbush. Which, do you want to explain Sugarbush? Sugarbush was... If you know what a quaint small town downtown is like, it's like that to the nth degree. Yeah, it was like very... Like artsy handmade soap shops and and uh, like a quilt shop and like one or two restaurants and there was a Wiccan shop which was kind of cool yeah I think I got something there yeah but it's just kind of not a place you spend more than a couple hours yeah no way we spent two days there without hiking through the mountains which was also dumb yeah and the trip in and of itself just other than that said I remember one day we went to New Jersey we went on a trail ride and we did go to the harness racing museum that was probably the highlight of the trip you still have um, a sticker or patch a patch on your backpack from that yeah the harness racing hall of fame in goshen new york it's a really cool patch i have a really funny picture of me in a you're popping i'm popping up here i don't know what that means don't speak directly into the mic. Okay, like this. is this better? Yeah. Okay, so I have a really funny photo of me from the Harness Racing Hall of Fame of me sitting behind a fake, like, standard bread in a sulky, and I'm, like, grinning real big at the camera sideways, and that camera actually got used in a college presentation that I did not make. So shout out to that friend of mine that used that photo. It was a big hit in class. <laughs> so that was a highlight. The thing about when we go on vacation, or anywhere, really. I have to think, is Steph going to like this? And if a five-year-old would like it, then Steph would probably like it, and we can go. But if a five-year-old would get bored and not want to see it, then I can't. We can't even attempt to go. <laughs> Museums, parks. That makes me sound like I'm terrible to travel with. You're I travel, travel with. You just really have well. a short human span when it comes to museums. or. Um, I like interactive exhibits, is what he's saying. Yeah. Essentially. Like, I'm not one that can spend... A lot of time walking through a very staid, typical museum. I love museums, but Stephen could spend six hours staring at things you can't touch, and I'm just not about that life. Yeah, it's pretty boring, but um, different stroke. Yeah, I did enjoy the Museum of Natural History though, but it's only because it was a TR thing. Yeah, I mean animals are cool. There were things you could touch. There were different ones. There were, yeah. There goes the dog. There goes the dog. But um. So, the trip in and of itself was oh, just largely yeah. remarkable. I, I guess that's the whole point of saying yeah. that. Um, we didn't do any typical New York stuff. The subway was kind of cool. Yeah. But um, if we go back, when we go back, I want to go to Coney Island. That's my thing. We did eat across the street from, or no, we smoked a hookah across the street from Cafe Wa, which was cool. In the Grinch yeah, Village, but we don't have any photos of that <laughs> for some reason. I think I had one photo online somewhere. The sums up this trip perfectly. We were walking through Grant Village, and um, we were very hungry. We'd been walking all day through New York City, so we found a restaurant that um, Italian restaurant, white tablecloth, sit down place. So we go in there. That was totally empty. Totally empty. Midday, which should have been a bad sign. Of course, we just want a bite to eat, but we ended up getting like a four course meal. And essentially, the food was terrible. The service was terrible. We paid the bill. We go to walk out the door, and the guy physically would not let our group leave until somebody tipped him. 
because he's like, well, you have to tip me to leave. And our friend, one of our friends that was with us paid the whole bill so we wouldn't have to deal with splitting up the check. And he was like, I paid the bill. You have the receipt. The service was terrible. I'm not paying for terrible service. And then I was like, you have to pay me. And he physically blocked the door until someone tipped him. So this was 2012. This was the day before Yelp was a thing. Yeah. So I don't think I had a smartphone at the time. But the moral of the story is review your restaurants before you go in. Yeah. But the discovery of these cameras led us to talk about a film camera again. So we both are photographers of various types. Talents and yeah, types. Yeah. And um, we used to both shoot film. We took film in high school. We did. Um, and both of our film cameras got lifted in New Orleans. When, well, actually, before we lived there, when you were just in college. Lifted, they got stolen out of our cars. I was trying to be nice about it, but yes, they got stolen out of our cars. There was a rash of car break-ins. One no, there was, there was no rash. There was just our two cars. No, there, were, there was another one that got broken into, too. Another convertible. We both drove convertibles for a while. And, and they uh, slipped tops. They stole our CDs and our cameras. Yeah. Still salty about it. Steven is. I don't really care that much. But... So we don't have film cameras and we we're talking about maybe getting one because there's just something different about shooting on film and like having to learn how to bracket and how to actually compose your shots and how to take into account the light. And that if you make a mistake or you don't do a great job, you only have so many shots. Mm-hmm. It's a similar thing we learned in film school. I did go to film school for a short time. Talking Fun about fact shooting. about Steven. That's why we were in New Orleans. Yeah. But to um, simulate shooting on actual film versus digital, everything was digital then, but with film you only had like two minutes per cassette of film, so you've got to be very tight. You can't just shoot willy-nilly. You have to be very focused. And a similar thing with film cameras, that you have to be very judicious with what you do. Yeah. You used to write. Okay. You have to be judicious with the use because there's only so many exposures. Yeah, and you if you try to... Intentional. And I guess that was the what we were talking about earlier and kind of my point of even like, oh, we should get a film camera is you have to be intentional with loading. You have to be intentional with shooting your shots. You have to be intentional with sending it out to get it processed. And then you have to wait. And then once you get the negatives back or the prints, if you want to go see them, if you want to put them in a frame or you want to pull out an album, you have to be intentional about going to do it. There's no instant gratification with film. It's a similar um, mindset behind why I like vinyl records. Not that I would buy everything I listen to on vinyl. but No, but the good stuff, the highlights. It's a, it's a whole experience. You pull out the vinyl and you put it on the turntable. Well, it just and sounds know. different. Yeah. We have a couple vinyls that we play. I think of my Casey Musgraves vinyl. Yeah. So we play at Christmas, and it's like I have the exact same album and access to it on my phone from Spotify, but like it just sounds different on vinyl, and it's part of the whole experience to put it on. It's a whole tactile yeah. thing, a ritual behind it. But yeah. Plus, we've never been, well, I've never been to Chuck Rubin's photography. We haven't. We're Louisville natives. I'm really ashamed of us. Yeah. I mean, he's like the guy to go to. Yeah. I always went to Murphy's in high school. Which, no hate to Murphy's, but would like to check out Chuck Rubin, so maybe we'll do that. I mean, when I bought a film camera like 15 years ago, they hardly had any, so I doubt they do film anymore. Who knows? Not I. Not I. We've got a few minutes left. Do you want to say anything else? 
Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that happened this week. Nothing too exciting. Not really trying to plan more. I'm trying to get out of this. What do you call it? Not He's funk. been in a funk. Yeah. He's been in a funk. The the whole staying home. Every day is sort of the same and it's hard to make progress. We talked about that last week a little bit. but Well, I feel like it gets woven into our conversations a lot because like one thing that's become very, very apparent through quarantine and COVID, however you want to classify this time, is that we knew we were both introverted, but like I'm apparently off the scale introverted because I'm thriving. Like you go out every once in a while and get essentials to like get off the property. And I literally only stay on this farm and work on one other farm. And that's it. I haven't been in like literally anywhere else in two months. And I could not be happier. I'm living my best recluse life right now. And I find myself um, surprisingly desiring to be around people and have an outside structure, which normally during standard times and very much worse. Don't like going out. I don't like having outside structures put upon me, I guess, you know, deadlines yeah. and things like that. So we're both homebodies, but I'm like the ultimate. And, so, and Steven is really struggling with not having an outside force to, I don't know, not structure your life, but like. No, there's, no, there's nothing to, you know, my time is my own pretty much aside from our daughter. Yeah. Um, so All time I, belongs to her. Yeah. And so I'm going back into planning. And so I, I do that. I go through pitching starts with planning out what I'm doing. And it helps to impose some order on my life. I keep telling him to write everything down. And he just doesn't listen to me for months at a time. And then he'll start writing stuff down and be like, oh, I actually got these things done today. And I'm like, yeah. I do. When things are slow, I can write things down. And then things get busy and I don't, I don't get around to it. You're never too busy to write down. In my world, if it's not written down, it doesn't happen. That's very true. So, now our cat, Kitta, has uh, appeared and is, oh, you probably hear purring. Yeah. Taking up residence on Steven. Trying to smush my belly down and tell her it's not going to happen. <sighs> She's tur- doing her best. I think that about sums it up for us this week. I think that's it. So next time. Signing out.